All right, y'all. Hey, before, we, uh, before I dive into the message and stuff, uh, I, I just want to take a minute and say thank you to a few people, because this has been an amazing ride. It was an amazing ride getting into this place. Uh, for those of in fact, let me just ask real quick, how many of you were at our old location on 21 South with a red and white box? All right, a lot of you. That's fantastic. Awesome. Well, you guys know, I mean, we looked for like three years to try to find a place that could fit, that actually was financially capable, and we had an amazing team of people. And, uh, and what I want to celebrate is that group of people who gave an incredible amount of hours to both get us in here, but also who've been navigating this last year once our lease got terminated. And so I'm just going to list, uh, this is our team, our leadership team. It was Eric Winter, Don Soper, Bill Townsend, Kevin Lathrop, David York, Lehua Weaver, and Jason Dunn. Would you guys give up a big major round of applause for those guys? I just want to tell you, you know, you know uh, just a few weeks ago, we were doing a series on the, on the body of Christ, right, and how we all have different gifts and how we come together. Can I just tell you, you all just need to say, thank you, God, for making Dave not in charge of the building stuff. Can I just tell you? Like, I, I literally would just sit in these meetings, and I wouldn't even say anything. I would just sit and listen and go, thank you, Jesus, for these people who are gifted. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. The other thing, though, I want to say thanks to is that many of you in this room actually made this happen. Uh, you gave your sweat and your tears. I'm kind of bummed because we don't have screens up right now. I really wanted to find Vaughn the Builder. Do you guys remember Vaughn the Builder? Yeah. In fact, I think, Vaughn, you're here. Where are you, buddy? Where's Vaughn? There he is. There's Vaughn. He was there. Vaughn the Builder. <laughs> so... Uh, Kyle, as, as Kyle's been giving all of us our updates and stuff, we, we actually had Vaughn the builder, but he come out with his hard hat on, you know, and, uh, but uh, Vaughn actually is a builder. He actually knows what he's doing. He was in construction. And so, but he and, but many, many of you actually use your skills and stuff to help us uh, tangibly make this thing happen. And you've helped us tear this thing down as well. And can I just say, if that's you, if you put your blood, sweat, and tears into this building and helped us to make it happen, would you just stand real quick? All of you, come on, man. Don't be, the, don't be shy. Come on, stand up for you guys who helped out. Awesome. Thank you so much. And, uh, but what's, what's amazing is... Um, there's so much nitty gritty that goes on and I, I, can't, I, I can't tell you the amount of hours of meetings and then, and then time that was just spent to make this thing happen. And, um, and in just a second here, I'm gonna have Dawn Soper come up and, and share with you. Dawn, was, uh, she's on our spiritual advisory board, but she also um, is gifted. This is what was beautiful about Jesus is she's gifted in the legal area of, of all of this that we've needed. So we've always had great legal counsel, which you need whenever you're dealing with this kind of stuff. But what I mostly appreciate about Dawn is that even though maybe more than anybody has been in the nitty gritty of all of this, she's always been able to see the bigger picture. And she's always been able to see what God is doing in the midst of this. I have been incredibly encouraged by Dawn's faith. And so because of that, I wanted her to come up and I want you to have a chance to hear from someone who's been in the midst of this thing the spiritual reality that's been happening behind this. So would you guys uh, welcome up Don Soper?
Thank you, Dave. That's, thank you very much. That's overwhelming. Um, here we are. It's our last day in the building. And over the last few weeks, you've been receiving a lot of updates, a lot of new information about the changing circumstances that we've been dealing with. What I want to make sure of today <clears throat> is that you don't have the impression that something bad happened to us by getting this notice of termination from our landlords last July. That is just not the case. And I'm here to tell you why God was in the middle of all of this. First of all, I believe that God did not um, set us back with this. This was not a setback, but he provided us with an opportunity. And at this point, I can share with you that when we received that notice of termination from the owners, I actually believed it was a gift from God. In the months leading up to that notice of termination, the board of this church had had many conversations about the effect of the failure of the school on us being able to continue to operate here. And in our discussions with our landlord, over time, it just became more and more clear that we were not going to have the opportunity to continue to use the other part of this building like we always had. And yet you know that that was essential to us, is to have this whole building to be able to use. Now, maybe the landlord's plans have changed since that time, but during this whole process, it just became increasingly clear to us that we were spending a larger proportion of our budget on these facilities than we wanted to. And we really wanted to redeploy some of those funds into our people and ministry. And so if we had walked away from the lease though at that time, we would have walked away with nothing but the potential for an expensive, messy lawsuit. Yet by the landlords terminating our lease, it triggered us to be entitled to be reimbursed for a portion of the funds that we invested in this building. We, all of us, invested in this building. And so by terminating that lease, um, we actually, we were entitled to that payout and you know that we received that payout just a couple weeks ago. Um, now this is what I wanna emphasize to you. We were feeling like we wanted to get out of this lease. We couldn't do it on our own. But this unexpected thing happened that the landlord terminated the lease for us. And not only that, this compensation that we received, I just want you to understand the significance of it. We actually got back more than half of what we originally invested in this building seven years ago. So think about this. This was a 10-year lease. We were here for seven years. So for the three years that, we, that got taken away, if we would have gotten 30% reimbursement, like that would have been amazing, right? No, we got 51% of our investment back. You know, and I know that the situation has changed for our landlords and we are sorry for that. And as a, as a group with the leadership, we've been praying for them, that things would go better for them. But it wouldn't surprise me to find out that maybe they wish they had never sent that termination notice last July. And you know, even though God is showing up this way to solve our building problems, 
you know, I don't think he really cares where we end up, what building we end up. That is just such a small part of all this. What he wants to do is, and what he has been doing, is just to reveal himself to us more and more over time. And during this whole process, he's allowed all of us to be put in this really uncomfortable position of not knowing what the future is. And I even confess for myself moments of outright anxiety over whether we were ever going to receive that payout. But here he is, he just keeps showing up at all the right times over and over. And I just want to give you a couple of other small examples of how he's done that. So just the fact that we had our own lease for this part of the building shows God's protection of us. If we had been a subtenant of the school, we would have been suddenly pushed out of this place right when the school failed and right when the school had to exit. And because their problems were financial, we would have been pushed out of here without a penny. No, we had our own lease. God made sure we had a different structure, a different arrangement, so that we were protected by having a direct relationship with the owners of this building. And then also, in exchange for putting out receiving the payout for a few months, we've been able to stay in this building for several months, the very, very minimal rent. And we've been able to take that difference in what we used to pay, and now we can put that toward our building or however else we see this being appropriate as the situation continues to evolve. And finally, just the last crisis, crisis that you might recall is that just a few weeks ago, we let you know, oh, we're not gonna be able to stay in this building through the end of July. We're going to have to get out of here by the end of June. And the biggest obstacle to that happening was all of the audio-visual equipment that was installed up here and all of the technical details involved with taking that down. Do you know what we found out? That the company who did that work for us, they are booked up the entire month of July. They could not have done that work for us in July. And yet, when we let them know, hey, we've got to move out in the next couple weeks, guess what? They were available and it all happened. So here we are. We're ready to go wherever God leads. I see Jesus in all these things that have happened, all the big things, the little things, the things that turned out great, the things that I wish, even the things that I wish had been easier, and there are lots of those. But God knows that letting us become too complacent in our ways, letting us become too comfortable in our ways, just leads to complacency in us seeking after him and his ways. So for our benefit and for his glory, he has kept us on edge. We've had to rely on him. We've had to adapt and grow, but also that we will have the privilege of having a God story that we can share with others so that when this is all over, we can all say, this would not have been possible but for God. So in the everlasting words of the song by Chris Tomlin, <laughs> Thought I was going to do scripture there, didn't you? <laughs> he is the God of this city, the King of these people, the Lord of this nation. He is the light in the darkness, the hope to the hopeless, and the peace to the restless. Greater things have yet to come, and greater things are still to come. There is no one like our God.
You know, I, I just want to jump on, uh, thank you so much, Don. I just want to jump on a couple other things that are so cool. Like we did, we looked, right, we looked at all, a, a lot of different options for, for an interim solution. But here's the cool thing too, is we knew we'd be paying, you know, somewhat a monthly fee for whatever that is. Um, but now that monthly payment gets to go to another body of Christ in the valley. Like we get to totally bless another church with the finances that are going out. And, and it's way less than what we would normally be doing for on, a, on a monthly payment. As well, uh, we shared with you that we did uh, with loans. I, God just continues to show up to bless us. And so it's a very, very exciting thing. All right. Well, today is where we close a chapter. But the coolest thing, right, about closing a chapter is you turn over that page and now there's a new one. Um, uh, Susie and I are reading uh, Eugene Peterson's uh, biography right now. If you guys don't know Eugene Peterson, he's the gentleman who wrote The Message. You guys familiar with The Message? So uh, we're reading his biography. And, and it's so fascinating to watch this man who just recently passed away. But to grow up out in the country of Montana and then become one of the most prominent Christian leaders that this nation has seen in this generation. But what's so fun is every chapter is part of his story. And you, and you go through it, and each one is rich in and of itself. God is doing something unique and profound in Eugene's life. But then you flip the chapter and you go, oh. And then he was, that's because he was gonna do this with Eugene's life. And then because he was gonna do this. And you guys, this is the way with God. He actually is the author of our story. Do you guys know that? He is literally writing all of our stories. And I, you, if you take time and reflect on your own life, I can take time and look back at mine, that every season that I've been in has been significant. God was doing something in that season, and without question, the very next thing that came up in my life, I needed that for what was next. And I know that's how I'm feeling, our leadership is feeling, is that Jesus is the author, he is the leader, he is the king, he is the shepherd, you pick the term, he is the one who is guiding us and leading us. And so even today, as we close this chapter, we are turning a page into a brand new one. And this didn't, I didn't think of this thought until we were praying just as a team before you know, we get ready to kind of run through everything. And while the prayer was happening, this thought hit me. It's pretty amazing to me, actually, that Jesus is entrusting us with this type of journey. I don't know about you guys and your walk with Christ. I think he's actually entrusting us with something because it would be way easier just to have something that's solid that you know you're gonna be in for years. But Susie actually said this last year. She's like, oh my gosh, we get to be homeless like the Israelites. We get to be homeless like Jesus. We get to be homeless like Paul. I mean, all of a sudden, it's like you read the Bible and you go, wow, we get to do what's in the Bible. Do you guys ever realize we don't really want to do what's in the Bible? We, we, we like everything just tidied up and nice and neat, but God, but we like to read about those guys in the Bible and go, wow, that was really cool for them. I just think God has given us a chance to experience him. I don't know if you guys remember a couple weeks ago, he said that to the Israelites. He goes, I did this so that you would know I am the Lord, your God. And I think that's what he's doing. So what I wanna share with you today in this, in this message is uh, I'm gonna talk about Jesus. Y'all good with that? 
That's all I feel like I'm supposed to do. And Hebrews chapter 12, verse one and two says this. Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us, right, corporately, let us run with perseverance the race that's marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. And that's where we're gonna go today. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author. Now, and again, this word is a very interesting word because if you look it up in the other rest of the English, it's, sometimes it's the pioneer, the founder, the initiator. What the word means, it's the one who takes the lead. You fix your eyes on the one who's taking the lead. Can I just say, thank you, God, that none of us are taking the lead. You know, I, I don't need, I think I'm, I'm, in fact, I'm gonna change my title. Lead pastor? Uh-uh. Pastor, okay. Don't call me that, but that is what I, I am. Um, but this whole lead thing, we got one leader, man. And that's what he is. He is the author. He's the one who's writing it. But listen to this. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. He's the one who starts it, who initiates it, but he's the one who brings it to completion. So beautiful. And that's who we fix our eyes on at times like this. And then he says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him. And, I, I, and I'll be honest with you, I don't like that English translation because consider him feels kind of flippant. We're like, oh, consider Jesus. The, word, the actual word means to ponder and think deeply about, right? Consider this. So when you fix your eyes on Jesus, you deeply ponder him and you think about him. And that's what I'm gonna do today with you. I want us together to fix our eyes on him and consider him deeply because he endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Love that. So that's what we're gonna do. We, do you guys know we have a race marked out for us? Thank you. Thanks, I appreciate it. Yes, we do. We have a race marked out for us because we have a leader, because we have an author, because we have someone who's going before us. Now, here's the thing. Apparently from the scripture, it takes perseverance to run this race. And you can actually grow weary and you can lose heart. But here's what it says. But you won't. You won't if you fix your eyes on Jesus. You fix them on anything else, yeah. You can get super discouraged. You can get super fearful. You can, get, you can just wonder what's going on because if, if this whole thing has taught us anything, we are not in control. Do y'all know that? <laughs> but he is, so we fix our eyes on him. And then you throw off anything that hinders and the sin that entangles and you run. Man, that's what I want to say, y'all. Let's run. Here's my phrase for us. I want us to go out of here. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus and run. Run, Forrest, run. All right? Here we go. Because he started our faith and he perfected it. So the passage, because if we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus, I have this passage from Colossians 1 that I'm going to, that I'm going to unpack for us today. It's the best passage. I, oh, there's lots of good ones. I, I, Apparently, I think it's the best. But it's a great passage of, of just about Jesus, and it's in Colossians chapter one. But I, I'm gonna do something a little bit different because I, I, when I looked at the passage, I was like, well, what did it say right before that? And as I read what it said before that, I just felt like, you know what? I need to read this to you guys 
Did you guys know when you read the book of Colossians, what was that? It wasn't a book, what was it? It was a letter. And you know what they did? Somebody got in front of the church. In fact, Paul, at the end of 1 Thessalonians, he says, I command you to read this letter to everybody. Okay, so that's what would happen. The church would gather together and somebody got up in front and they would read this letter from Paul. So I feel like I'm supposed to actually, supposed to read you this letter and I want you to hear it as a church, as if Paul was writing this to you, okay? And it'll, and it'll be a good setup for this passage on Jesus I wanna, I wanna give to you. So it starts off in chapter two. It says, to God's holy people at K2. Did you know I said that? That's awesome. <laughs> to God's holy people at K2, the faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. Man. Ha <laughs> ha, Christian, where are you? Kirsten said, are you gonna be okay up there? Yeah, I'm like, yeah, man, I'm feeling great. But as soon as I read that, man, the faithful brothers and sisters, thank you, y'all. Thank you. He actually says that in just a second. The faithful brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father. Grace and peace to you. You know, listen to this. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you because we have heard of your faith. Huh, this was not in the plans. Because we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all of God's people. The faith and love that spring from the hope that's stored up for you in heaven and about which you have already heard in the true message of the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel's bearing fruit and it's growing throughout the whole world, just as it has been doing among you since the day you heard it and truly understood God's grace. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant who's a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf and who also told us of your love in the spirit. You know, when I, when I read this guy, and he says, man, we just thank God for you. I just, you know what's crazy in here is our vision statement is right in here. Focus tight out here is right here. What does he say we're thankful for? The first thing, he says, I am thankful for your faith in Christ Jesus. And that's focused. That's reckless faith. So we fix our eyes and we run with reckless faith. That's how we do it. We trust him with everything we've got. But then he says, and I also thank you for the love that you have for all of God's people. Well, there's tight right? There's sacrificial love. That's what the kind of people we want to be. And he says, and I thank God for you because you actually love all of God's people. So if we fix our eyes on Jesus and we run the race, then we run the race of love. This is the race. Our race is one to love each other sacrificially. That's what Jesus does is he loves that way. So we do the same thing. But then it's out there too. It's out there. It's the mission. So we fix our eyes on Jesus and we go, we join you. We run this race that you have. I love how he says, the true, you heard the true message of the gospel that has come to you. See, this was a group of people, they didn't know Jesus, they didn't know anything about him. But the gospel came to them. That's the mission. Somebody had heard what Jesus said, go make disciples, and they went and did it. And now there's a whole church in Colossae that existed because the message came to them. And then it says, the gospel's bearing fruit and it's growing throughout the whole world. See, that's why we want to be out there. Because Jesus loves who? 
the world, man. He's like, I, and so, so if you can't, if you're going to fix your eyes on him and run the race, then you go for it and you care about the whole world. And then it says, just as it has been doing among you. And then he says, you heard it from Epaphras. How come anybody have a child named Epaphras? I was, like, why not? This whole church started because some dude went and made disciples, you guys. That's our vision. We want to be a church that makes disciples. Why? Because when you make disciples, churches form. Now, I don't know. Think about this. You heard it from somebody. Who's your Epaphras? Who's your Epaphras? Who's the person that actually joined in the mission with Jesus? They ran the race that was marked out for them, and they shared their faith with you. It's beautiful. So, man, we thank you when we pray for you. And then he goes on. He says this. For this reason... Since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. And I just want to say thank you to all of you who are praying. I, I just can't even count how many conversations I've had with some of you. And you say, man, we're praying. We're praying. I'm like, thank you. That just puts me at ease. I'm like, sweet. He's been hearing from all of us. We continually ask God, listen, to fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God. We're praying, you guys, so that you'll know the race, so that you'll know the will of God and that you'll grow in your knowledge. Man, this is, this is what we're here for. And then he goes on, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience I guess we might need a little bit of that this year. And giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. Man, we pray that that's what, I, and I wanna tell you, this is one of the most exciting things as Don shared, is that I think God's gonna do something in us, you guys. He's got a race marked out for us and it's gonna be super cool. And then he says this, now listen, for God, listen, has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and he's brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. That is why we run the race. That is why we fix our eyes on Jesus because Jesus rescued us and he reconciled us back to God. You guys, that's what we're all about. It's all about Jesus today, okay? So now, here's the section. Listen closely. Holy Spirit, just give, just, if you need to, just close your eyes. Whatever you gotta do, just look at this beautiful picture of Jesus. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He's the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him 
to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Come on, man, that's your Jesus right there. Is that not beautiful? Yeah, give it up, man. So here's, here's what I felt so clearly that we need to be reminded of today because we got so much going on and we do. But there's only one reason that you and I are here today. There's only one reason we're here today. And that's because Jesus Christ authored your faith. He started your faith. And any of us in this room who have faith, you know that. You didn't figure this out. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't come to God with, and, 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 and find him. That's not how it works, man. <laughs> He's the author. And the only reason we're even here is because he authored it. He pioneered your faith. And what did he do? How did he do that? He reconciled you to God. Just you guys, you, y'all with me on this? <laughs> like he did that. You didn't all of a sudden get good enough that God's like, all right, finally got your act together. That's not how it works, man. He reconciled you to God. And then he is the head. The reason we're here is because we're the body of Christ. That's right, that's what we're called. But because he's the head, he created the church. That's what the head does. He's the source of it. And he reconciled us not just to himself, but he reconciles us together to each other. He binds us together because he lives inside of us and gives us the ability to actually forgive one another now and give grace to one another now and love each other now. That's what Jesus does. He's the body of Christ. Oh, he's the bride of Christ. The bride of Christ. Come on, man. How many of you feel loved by Jesus? Do you feel loved by me? Okay, do you feel it? You are the bride of Christ. I, I know this, man, because I don't even feel it. I'm, I'm wanting to, though, man. I want to know what it is to be loved by Jesus that deeply and that intimately. But that's what we are. And you're the body of Christ. And he says, you know what everybody does for their body? Every one of you did it today. You care for it right? How many of you fed your body today? You know, washed it, please. Yep, good, right? Take care of yourself. You're clothing it. Appreciate that. Thank you very much. You take care of your body. And so, what, so that's partly why I'm so at peace, because we're the body of Christ, y'all. And is he taking care of us? Yes, that's what he does. And that's the only reason we're here, because of Jesus Christ. He is God, the image of the God, the fullness of God, the creator of all things. In everything, he has supremacy. That means he's the firstborn over all creation. That means supremacy in rank. There is nothing physical, there's nothing spiritual that can even come close to Jesus Christ. That's why we worship him. Because if you worship anything else created, that created thing can be gone tomorrow. And then what happens to your life? The thing you put your hope in is gone. He's over all of that, thank God. He's the one and only immortal God. So we put our faith in him, that's who he is. He's, and then he's reconciled all things to us. And he's the head of the church, as I've already said, and he holds everything together. 
He holds everything together, and that means us. So that's why we fix our eyes on him, because he's all these things. And then we run. So what is God doing right now? I have no idea. What is he doing? I mean, these last couple of years, as things, as John kind of went through, just the way things, the school falling through and the termination of the lease and the different things that happen, you just kind of go and you're like, what is up? Because we didn't do any of those things. I don't know. Sometimes I just go, I don't know what he's doing. You should be in our management team meetings. We're like, what in the world? There's so much out of our control. But I will tell you this. I know one thing he's doing. He's providing for us. We are sitting better financially than we ever had in 18 years. Come on. What is up with that? How does that happen after COVID and in the midst of a transition like this? That's God. He's just going to chill. Now, he's always waiting till the last minute, right? God is never early, man. He loves to wait right till the nth hour. So just get used to it. We got more of that coming this year. I can tell you that. But he's providing. He's not only providing finances. He's providing wisdom. All the things so that the, the, the lease was put together in the way that it would be so that things could work out for us. That was wisdom that he's given our team. Incredible. And then loving partners. Oh my goodness. Jason Dunn and I met with Mike Packer, who's the pastor of Southeast. You guys, I'm just blown away, man. By the way, I don't know if you guys know this, but as soon as the, the lease got terminated, I actually contacted four churches in the valley and just said, hey, um, just so you know, we might be homeless <laughs> and we might need a place to stay. And I was just wondering if you guys would be open to that. Do you guys know what? Every, all four of them said, absolutely. Isn't that cool? That's, that's cool, man. Like, we'll figure it out. And, and in our relationship, you know, Jason and I met with Mike this week, and they're just like, hey, whatever works best for you. And we were, is it Sunday afternoon, Sunday evening, or Saturday night? And Mike's like, you know, we've talked as a team. What, listen to this. It's their home. It's their home. And they said, whatever works best for you will do. That's amazing. This is a beautiful, beautiful group of people. God is providing you guys. That's what he's doing. But here's the other thing I do know. And this is the most important thing. What is God doing? Whatever it takes to make sure that our eyes are fixed on Jesus. Can I, can I just tell you this? He's gonna, he, he, he is relentless with me. Like he will, I was talking with Mike Menning uh, earlier today and we were talking about, man, as soon as, as soon as I get comfortable in my faith, right, oh yeah, this feels good, kind of got it under control. As soon as that happened, God goes, all right, next. He never, ever, you know why? Because as soon as you kind of get comfortable in something, you start fixing your eyes on that thing. And we do it with our jobs, we do it with our homes, we do it with our finances, we do it with our marriages, we do it with our families, we do it with any of these things that we think, okay. And the next thing you know, it's like, okay, and it's actually, our eyes aren't fixed on Jesus anymore, our eyes are fixed on what Jesus gave us. And I, can just, I, I shared this with you two weeks ago, he's just like, Nelson, ain't, that ain't gonna happen, because you're my kid and I love you too much. I know he is gonna do whatever it takes if you're a follower of Jesus, just know that. He loves you so much that he wants you to be absolutely free to live the life that he's created you to live. And as soon as your eyes are fixed on something else besides him, it just gets messed up. And he is gonna do whatever it takes. But here's the coolest thing. He's doing that to us. 
He's just not doing that to me. He's not doing it to Jason. He's not doing it to Sherm or Sherry. He's doing it to us. He's gonna make sure that K2, the church, that our eyes are fixed on Jesus and that he is the head of this thing and nothing else. That he has supremacy, as the scripture says, in all of our lives, that it actually is all about him. I'm telling you, it, wouldn't it be great, you guys, if a year from now, I, I can tell you, those of us on our team, our faith in him has already increased. You know why? Because he's been freaking us out. Because he's scaring the bejeebies out of us. That's why he says that more than anything else in the Bible. Don't be afraid. You know why he has to say that? Because he's freaking you out. You know why he's freaking you out? Because you put your, fo your focus and your trust on something besides him. And then all of a sudden that thing gets shifted out and you're like, Aah! and he's like, cool, go chill, I'm here. I'm here. He's increasing our faith. And I just want to say right now, I, I am so proud of our staff, you guys. I'm so proud of our staff. Pam Osmark, Stacy Tall, Bryson Davis, Derek Murphy, Rachel Wilford, Kip Gertis. Those guys, man, you guys are just, I, I, it's crazy because our staff could be freaking out right now. And I want to tell you, they're tired because they've been working their, those things off. And it's been intense. But, and I specifically, I just want to say, and Patty Horton and Keith Tall in our children's ministry, would you guys scream so loud they hear you on the other side there? All right. Now, I'm going to ask them afterwards, did you hear that? Because that was for them, man. Those guys, you guys, we had so much kids crap. It's not crap. It's really cool stuff. So much cool kid stuff all over this building and they've just had to work and work and labor. It's been unbelievable. And then I'm telling you, all, yes, we brought in a team that helped pull all this down. You guys have no idea. <sighs> what? <laughs> Jenny Muir and Mike Rutledge and Garrett Hoover and uh, Josh Huber have done for our arts team. Would you guys just give it up for these guys? Hey, none of you guys, most of you guys don't even know this dude. Josh Huber, will you stand up? Just stand up real quick, right? Come on, right here, that guy right there. Man. If you did work for your salvation, Josh is saved. <laughs> now, thank God we don't. But seriously, that, that whole team, you guys, has had to do so much work and so much labor, and it's unbelievable. But... All of this, you guys have no idea what Jason Dunn's been doing. He is he's the one who's been orchestrating all of this. There has been so much financial stuff and building stuff and team stuff and trying to make this thing happen and then hiring people. It's just like every time I'm like, dude, it's, it's just, it's freaking ridiculous what this guy's doing. And he's doing it with grace and faith. 
in Christ. And many of you, I mean, he's up here every once in a while. A lot of you don't know him. I'm glad the lights are on because I can see him. Jason, would you wave up here in the, in the top? Of the, he's up here. It's crazy, guys, and I am so glad for our board. You're going to hear some of them are going to pray here, you know, and Sally Townsend and Bill Green, um, Kyle, who's given viewing our announcements, and a few others. Uh, guys, I know people, pastors quit ministry because of their boards. Boards can be a pain in the butt. And guys leave ministry because the, all the boards do is complain and whine and worry. And, 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 uh, and I'm going to tell you, you have the most incredible board ever. <laughs> They, they really are. They are amazing. They have had nothing but faith through this whole thing and grace. And I know God gives us that, but we just have, I'm just so proud of them. And then I just want to say too, I, and then I just want to say thanks to you guys. I, look at you, man, you're here. You're here. I know churches who have folded because of stuff like this. Because when the building all of a sudden doesn't work and it's about the building, then things fall apart. And they get angry and people get bitter and they leave and they're frustrated and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, I feel like I mean, maybe that's you and you just aren't talking to me. Please continue to not do so. Um, but, but I just want to say I am amazed at every week, those of you who are coming to me, even some of you are like, man, I'm really sad. But I'm so excited and just you, as a church body, you are watching, I'm watching you. I feel like Paul writing to Colossians and just saying, thank you for your faith in Christ and not in a building or a ministry or a service time or anything else. Would you just give a big round of applause to you? you. Just, just all of you. All right. Because I want it seriously. These types of solutions either divide or they galvanize. There's no middle ground, y'all. This is not lukewarm time. These seasons divide or they galvanize. And if we are about anything other than Jesus, then these situations divide us because we have different opinions. But if we are all about him, these situations galvanize us. I believe with all of my heart that this is an opportunity for each person, every one of you, to fix your eyes on Jesus. And if you do, then from him, the whole body, joined and held together by every subordinate ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Susie and I have talked. You know what this feels like to me, y'all? It feels like we're moving from Michigan. And we get to start all over again with a wacky, wild group of people who would sell their homes and quit their jobs and leave their families. And now we get to have another wacky group of people who will be like, I don't know where we're going. Cool. I'm in and we're going for it. And I just want to say, I, Jesus has been so good to me. I can't get into this, but he's just been so good to me the last three months. He's just healing me. I'm as messed up as anybody, Mal. Just so you know, I don't know, maybe, maybe pastors shouldn't be, but I am. And, um, but he is healing me. 
And I'm just starting, I, I'm feeling like he's letting me know his love in a whole new fresh way just in the last three months. But you know what? I think he knew it's like, eh, I think it's gonna be a little rough. I think I'll give Dave a little grace. And he has. And I just wanna say, man, I'm, I'm just so at peace. You know what was crazy? Seriously, when we were moving out here, I had absolute peace. And you know why? Because I knew this was all his idea. K2 was his idea. And there was a lot of responsibility coming out here. I mean, literally 30 people were quitting their jobs and leaving their families and selling their homes. You kind of want to go, okay, it's all going to be good, guys, just so you know. But, I mean, that's not what we said. Actually, you know what we said? We go, we have no idea if this is going to work. You sure you want to come? And every one of them said, yeah. You know why? Because I didn't ask them to come. Jesus asked them to come. And they said yes to Jesus because their eyes were fixed on him. And they went on the ride of their life. Right, Amy King? They went on the ride of their life. It's awesome. Today, it's still his idea. Do you believe that? Thank you. Again, Jamie, really glad you're here today. <laughs> K2 was his idea because he's the what? The author. Is K2 still his idea? Because he's the perfecter. He's the author, he starts it, and he perfects it. This is all him, y'all. That's why we fix our eyes on him. That's why we don't put our hope in anything else but Jesus. But if we put our hope in Jesus, then he's gonna do this thing. And we get to go on a crazy ride where we have no idea what he's gonna do. Like the Bible. It's so cool. And you know what? There's way more to lose now than there was back then but I am absolutely convinced we're his bride and he loves us. He has made himself one with us. Do you guys remember that when you got married? Those of you who got married? You become, the two become one flesh. Susie and I are one. And then he says, and I'm not talking about that. He goes, I'm talking about Christ and the church. I'm convinced of that. And I'm also convinced that we're his body and that he's made us one with each other and that he is, he is our head. The key is Jesus alone. So let me just give you three quick things. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Number one, we're gonna fix our eyes on Jesus and we're gonna run the race of reckless faith. That's why I was saying, at K2, we're gonna be focused. We're gonna run the race of reckless faith. Why? Because through Christ, we are reconciled to God. Look at what it said. I have already read it. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil, evil behavior. You guys, that's every human being on the planet. There's not one human being ever that's born who says, I want God. You don't. None of us did. That's what all of us were. And the only way that can ever change in a human heart is God actually has to reconcile you to himself. And man, that's why we're here, because this is, we can actually say, this is what it's all about. He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death, and now he presents you, come on, think of yourself, he presents you holy and without blemish and free from accusation in the sight of God. Now that is obviously not because of what you've done yesterday or any day, but it's because of what Jesus has done. The love of God displayed in Jesus Christ who laid down his life for us. Jesus, 
you saved my life. And you have united yourself with me. The living God is in me. What else do you want to give your life to besides Jesus? So man, we're gonna fix our eyes on him and we're gonna run the race of reckless faith. So can I just ask you right now, and I know, I, 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 I know you, you, you love him and you want him, but still I know life is so busy so you can't find time to be with him. I, I get it. But I'm gonna tell you right now is a season where we need you to, we need every one of us to be like, I just got to drink. I just got to drink the spirit. I got to drink him in. I got to eat. His, right? Jesus said, if you, you live on my word. Eat it. Get it inside you. Please don't make this a season right now where it's like, well, if I have time. Like, you know what? He's your life, you guys. And to have reckless faith, that devotion to him is going to fill your heart and your soul. So whatever it takes, you guys, to receive, just receive. I love sitting down every morning, especially now in the summertime outside, and just go, okay, man, I'm ready to drink. I'm ready to eat. I am ready to receive the Spirit of God. That's your application, man. If you're in reckless faith, don't get up there, oh, I gotta do all these things for God. No, you gotta receive all that from God. You gotta get his Spirit inside of you, all right? So every one of you who's a follower of Jesus, just take this serious. Be focused, be reckless in your faith, and receive everything you can. Secondly, we're going to fix our eyes on Jesus and we're going to run the race of sacrificial love. This is a season, you guys. In Christ, we are not only reconciled to him, we are reconciled to each other. He holds us together. That's what he does. The Spirit of God unites the church. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. In Ephesians 4, it says, from Jesus... The whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Can I ask you, can I ask you, <laughs> would you, as a follower of Jesus, as a disciple of Jesus, hear him say to you, love one another as I have loved you. This is my command to you, love one another as I have loved you. That's it, you guys. As we, from Jesus, the whole body is joined and held together by every, that means every one of us, by every supporting ligament. Can I ask you, who are you supporting? Who are you tied in together with? Who are you in relationship with? This is not, this is not gonna be a season where just going to church is probably gonna be enough for us. We need to be joined and held together and love each other deeply from the heart. Okay, so man, get in that, that Life Together group that Rachel and Derek are leading all the time. Find a place right now during the season so that you can live out his thing and be sacrificial in your love. And then the last thing we're gonna do is we're gonna fix our eyes on Jesus and we're gonna run the race of inviting others to know Christ. We're gonna be out there. For Christ, we are ministers of reconciliation it said in this passage, God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in Christ and through him to reconcile to himself all things. That's why we're here. God has made us to be his body, to be his messengers, to be people who are gonna love this world that's hurting so bad, that's broken, that's lonely, 
that's separated from God and just needs to be reconciled back to him. And that's why we're here. All right? So, in that scripture, it says that they devoted, the the church, they devoted themselves to prayer. They devoted themselves to prayer. And Paul even says, we have not stopped praying for you. You know what's so cool? The scripture tells us that when we come to pray to God, it delights him. Did you guys know that? That when you actually go to pray to God, it's like, he's like, sweet. The Bible says it's like an aroma. I love to cook. Anybody? You know, people walk into the house, somebody's cooking, you're like, oh, smells good in here. That's what God says happens to him when we pray. You know why? Because he answers them. And so when you come and we ask him to do anything that's in accordance with his will, he goes, I hear you, and I respond, and I do it. So man, keep praying, y'all. And we just felt like that's how we wanted, what we wanna do right now in our service, is we actually want to have a time to give you a chance as the body, all of us, to pray about these three things that I just talked about, okay? And so I'm gonna invite up on the stage um, Lehua Weaver. Lehua, again, is, uh, is on our spiritual advisory board. She's also been on our building committee, just kicking it out and, and sacrificing so much. This is Evelyn Bossart. Evelyn has been with us from the very beginning, y'all, and she's just been an incredible, faithful person um, who's on our board. And then this is Mike Menning, and I had to ask Mike to pray for us because Mike, when we moved here, he was actually a pastor in the valley. He was the only pastor who initiated and reached out to us before we moved out here. He heard about us and reached out and said, hey, I just wanna let you know we're so glad you're here. If there's anything we can do to serve you. And Mike has served us as a church. And then when he retired as a pastorate, the spirit led him to come and he's been a part of our body, as many of you know, through all these years. This dude, for me personally, encourages me maybe more than anybody else in this valley, just nonstop because he prays for us and he does mission. And if it, so I'd ask Mike, would you pray for the mission of K2, all right? So like, who's gonna pray for our faith and Evelyn, pray for our um, uh, body, our unity, and Mike's gonna pray for our mission, all right? So let's do it together. Thanks, everybody. I'm glad the ugly cry portion is over because <laughs> that was gonna be really hard to come up here after that. Um, I just wanna thank you all for being with us this morning. Um, I am really thankful for this opportunity to just get to pray together as a body with those of us here and those of us watching online. Um, That's a huge opportunity for me and so I thank you all very much for that and I thank God for bringing us here together to do that together. Um, Lord, thank you so much for your goodness. Thank you for your faith building. Let us take a moment to pray and ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit, that we will have the grace and mercy to trust him completely and to follow him implicitly. Lord, you know the path that you are providing for us. You know where our race is to be run. You know what each person here needs, whether it's energy, whether it's belief, whether it's rest. Lord, I thank you that you are a faith builder, that you are gentle, 
and graceful and you lead us there with you. Lord, I pray that each person would just hear your voice, that they would hear your reassurance, that they would know and recognize your faith, and they would feel empowered and reckless and ready. Lord, thank you for where you are leading. Thank you for this path. Amen. Dave, thank you. We've thanked so many people this morning. Thank you, Dave. Okay, here it comes. You lead with God's heart. We're here to follow you because you're following Jesus. We have faithfulness in front of us. One of the things that we'd like to pray for together is that God would bind us together with his love, a love that lays down its life for others, for each of us in this body, for the world around us. You have, we've, Dave mentioned all those different staff people and different people this morning. That's what's, been, that's what's been happening here. And it's an amazing time. Let's pray for that together, that we'd have a, a, a life that is laying down before God. In Ephesians 4, it says, therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience and bearing with one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you also were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Lord Jesus, I would just ask that you would bind this body together in your love, in your sacrificial love, giving ourselves our hands and our feet for your work, for who you are, God, we just thank you for all the gifts you've given in the leadership, in the staff, in the, in the board, in the teams, in our amazing body of Christ. You have given us good gifts, oh Lord. And we just thank you for witnessing in real time biblical faith that lays down its life for each other. So God, we just thank you. We receive these gifts and we thank you for them. Amen. In order to carry out the mission of the church, um, we need to look at our own hearts. And we are the church. And so I'm going to ask you to pray for two things. The first thing is um, I'm going to ask that the Holy, that you would pray that the Holy Spirit is going to work in your heart 
and show you how to share Christ with others. And so let's just pray for that, and then I'll announce the second thing. We don't know exactly what the mission of the church is going to be of this particular part of the church and so uh, but we do know this that the Lord is building his kingdom here on earth you pray that in the Lord's prayer and now I ask you to pray that each one of you in your own hearts that you will be able to receive the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit would, would come into your heart and God would show you what you must do individually. Let's just pray to the Lord. Lord, we come before you, the great author of the book entitled K2. And in that table of contents, there are many chapters already written. And Lord, we are here today. We're here uh, kind of twofold, Lord. We're here to close that last page of the chapter which we have just been involved in, but we're also here as we walk through the closing doors of this building, we're entering the doors of a new building that are held wide open by you. And Lord, this is the new chapter that you're writing in this book. And so God, we pray that as a church body, that we would be able to carry out your will that we would be the building blocks of the kingdom that you are building. And Lord, show us where we need to go. We know you're doing that, and we're following you, not knowing where it is. And we pray for a great faith to continue to follow you. And Lord, we know that we're going to be meeting at Southeast Christian, a wonderful group of people. And Lord, but beyond that, we don't know exactly. And so, God, we know that you're leading as you led the Israelites with a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud by day. And so we're just going to keep our eyes on you like a laser and help us to do that. And then, Lord, we pray for your hedge of protection that you give. That same hedge that you gave to Job in the first part of his life. And we pray, God, that you will not lift that hedge but that you will protect us as a church body from the evil that would like to get in and mess around. And so, Lord, we pray now that the Holy Spirit would guide us, would keep us as a, as a family. And, and God, we're just really looking forward to, with great excitement, 
that next chapter that you're writing. And so it's in the name of Jesus, our Lord, our King, that we pray this. Amen.